Instamersion. So welcome to IAM Talk. We have the one and only Mike Brock in the house. He is the executive director of Ho'uhui Hawaii. And we actually have the privilege of serving together at C4 Christ Center Community Church. And Mike is on the management team and just been such a blessing to not only our church, but to the community at large. And so just want to thank you, Mike, for yeah, just your time traveling all the way over here and just having this time to talk story. Yeah, I, I love being here and I appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you and your wife and uh, so look forward to this time together. Yes, yeah, so I want to yeah. kind of take it back to where we kind of had our first exchanges and just for such a long time, I wanted to plan a lunch with you just to be able to kind of do what we're doing right now. But there was just some side of me that was like, you know what, like, I want to record everything that we're <laughs> talking about because I know you're going to have so many gems and so much wisdom to just share from your experience and for what God is doing in your life. Yeah, you're very kind and, and likewise, really excited. Yeah, so I don't know where to start because we only have half an hour. Sure. And I know you're a pastor, so like <laughs> just for me to go down your LinkedIn, that's going to take like mm -hmm. 15, 20 minutes, <laughs> right? Just to, your, your credentials. But how is it that you've gotten from where you started to where you are now in terms of like, I feel like the life message that you have and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like city transformation mm -hmm. is just something that just resounds and trumpets mm -hmm. out of you when it comes to just the overflow of your right. heart. And uh, so yeah, it just, certainly does. Yeah. So kind of share a little bit about, yeah. How yeah. did that all come to be? Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in the church and I, I never had a problem with Jesus and I never had a problem with the Bible, but I always had a um, kind of sticking point in my heart around the gospel and how it's lived out and how it manifests within the church. And so my parents being pastors, we, uh, they traveled around the world and, and usually they traveled around to talk about, you know, people that had had affairs in the church or oh. stolen money or um, there was some kind of crisis or somebody was fighting together. And uh, I would fall asleep in those meetings on their lap or <laughs> be in the next room. And, and uh, by the time I was old enough to, to know better, I thought, man, the church is really dysfunctional. Yeah. And so I decided that I was going to um, travel around and talk to churches and go to Bible college. And, but the one thing I promised myself is I'd never be involved in a local church. Mm. And, uh, you know, there was one day and I got the sense and the impression that that the Lord was saying to me, you know, the, the bride of Christ, she may be fat, ugly, stinky, you know, whatever, you know, but she's mine and I'm coming back for her. Wow. So make her beautiful. Mm. And so I went from my tenor at speaking to committing and serving in church for over a decade. And uh, during that time, I fell in love with the body of Christ. Wow. I fell in love with the church and I realized that it's uh, central to the message and the gospel of the Bible. I mean, you can't do anything without the church. It's the centrality of the gospel and uh, why Jesus is coming back. But in that, I still felt after so many years of pastoring that God has more for the church. Mm. And uh, my friend Roger says very well, Roger Valsey, he says we should have a go congregation and a come con congregation. And often we have people that come to the church, but we don't have a lot that go wow. out into the world. So my heart and vision is to really activate the church in a whole new, uh, unique way. Uh, not so unique um, when we think of the Galileans and ancient right, history, right. but maybe unique in modern day of how right, we activate. Right. Um, when you look at just the, the common day, the modern day version of just the infrastructure of mm -hmm. how we do church, um, I see a lot of things that we can tend to set up can mm -hmm. 
produce a, a kind of a consumer driven mm -hmm. mindset right where the people that are coming it's like oh like feed me give me the message right, um, right. we'll even give you money to right. you know tithe and offer right, you know if right. we get the show or whatnot mm -hmm. um you, you know like with that with that tension um how is it that um you think that we're able to just kind of fight that and be able to say okay how do we really activate um followers of christ to mm -hmm. be able to live out that great commission call that yeah we're all called to right. live it out right right i think that um when we talk about the missionary we talk about the evangelist and we talk about the apostle and we talk about the widow and the incarcerated and we talk about all these different positions in the bible and then subjects in the Bible of people that we want to reach and we want to minister to. And I think the people in the church, we get fired up around the gospel. We get fired up about serving and our roles and our, and our callings. And then we do what we're used to. We, we do mm. service. Um, or we do something that I would call more of the anecdotal type ministry. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think simply we're going to pivot from it more and more as God's calling us into deeper impact in the community. But we'll do, you know, Christmas trees for Christmas and we'll do turkeys for Thanksgiving and we'll give, um, you know, back to school folders. Um, but I think that God is calling us to a new uh, impactful way of reaching the city. And I think he wants to move us or pivot us from the anecdotal to the systemic. Yeah. And when I say systemic and, and I spent a lot of time with uh, David Stroh from Bridgeway Partners and and a lot of system sinkers in the Bay Area. And um, one thing I learned from them is that if we want to affect change in society, we have to think like system entrepreneurs. Right. We have to not only just look at um, the surface level needs, but we have to go into kind of where are these problems generated in our community and how does the church interact in a continuum to solve these problems over time. Right. You mentioned the term antidotal. Yeah. Um, for a common layperson such as mm -hmm. myself, it's it's a big word, right? Right. But it's something that maybe I'm doing or have this perception of how church should be done. Mm -hmm. But how do you just break that term down and just yeah. the misconceptions? I that think kind of I just think that. simply um, again, it's not bad. It's just pivoting from the things that we would do on kind of a surface level. Come to Easter service. Right. Uh, come to Christmas. We'll give you a candy cane. Um, come to Thanksgiving and we'll give you a turkey. And we're not doing the things that I think in the gospel that Jesus mm. laid out of, um, you know, signs and wonders and miracles right. for those who believed. He said, you came to me when I was in prison, you visited me. Uh, when I was cold, you gave me a blanket. When I was, uh, when I was hungry, you fed me. And he said, what you did for the least of these, you did unto me. Mm. And so Jesus was really trying to describe this um this work and, and i think james echoes it so often it, it's not just our faith but it's our faith in our works and doing and activating it doesn't earn our salvation you know we believe in pauline theology right justification by faith alone but simply once we're justified by that faith alone what is the journey that god is calling us to and asking us to pursue with him in serving our neighbor serving our community mm. and being an impact so, I mean, I'll tell on myself, I was a, I was a pastor for um, nearly 10 years in this church, and I was a community pastor at one point. And every year I would go into this Latino community near the church, and I would uh, give away turkeys. Mm. And after about six years, um, this lady finally bolstered up enough, um, you know, 
uh, just <laughs> confidence to say to us, um, Pastor, no more turkeys. Wow. We eat pollo, carne asada. Mm. Uh, and she was describing, you know, Mexican food. And she said, no more Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, you know, Cinco de Mayo. And I realized that uh, as, a, as a healthy person, I was serving uh, a traditional meal for the liberation of, um, of America, <laughs> right? Towards England, right? And serving food that they would never eat. Wow. And we were so thoughtful to try to think there's gotta be stuffing and cranberries mm. and turkey and, and uh, green beans and, and things that they just didn't eat at all. And so I love the Nairobi statement. And the, the Nairobi statement really challenges us to serve interculturally, cross-culturally, uh, counter-culturally in some ways but serving people in the uniqueness of who they are mm. and how God created them to be. And I think this breaks the colonization model. I think it breaks the, um, the trivialization of people. And it really allows us to think, how do people need to be served? In what context, in what way right. would God uh, minister and reach out to sinners? Right. So Mike, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's really easy for us to have this misconception mm -hmm. of what we think we're doing, which are good deeds and, mm -hmm. and all these good things on the surface where, oh, pat on the back, like, mm -hmm. good job, like, you did your mission, when in actuality, we can really be missing the heartbeat of what the needs are yeah. or, like, what people are really seeking for in terms mm -hmm. of finding that true connection. Yeah. Um, how is it that, how did it get to this way? I mean, how, yeah. when you talk about the antidotal, like, yeah, like, even if I look back at my own testimonial, my own walk of faith, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've done a lot of those things mm -hmm. thinking, oh, like I've kind of checked the box being mm -hmm. a good Christian when actually like, oh, I was kind of missing exactly what it is that God, mm -hmm. how he wanted to, um, for us to genuinely connect with these people. Yeah. Um, how is it that we just, in our own mindset, because when I hear it from your perspective in terms of how you're telling the story, it's kind of like, well, duh, right? Mm -hmm. But then when we're kind of in it, right. we can just totally miss it. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And, 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 and we do miss it and we still miss it today. I like to think of some of those activities as selfie opportunities. You know, we, we go to foreign missions and we take a picture with, with a bunch of kids mm. with dirt on their cheeks. Um, we go rebuild walls in the Philippines and they knock them down and let us come back the next year and build them again just because we come with money and we come with resources. Sure. Um, so you're saying like, is there this stigma of even just pride or selfishness that's attached for our good deeds or why we want to yeah, be missional? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people that do third world missions and, and we've done it ourselves is that I think we really genuinely want to go help. I think that we've, um, we just need to step back and we need to analyze how we're helping. Uh, there's some great books out there when helping hurts, you know, is a great book. Uh, Geneva Global has put out some great stuff too. But I think that it, it's not ill intentions. It's not, and nobody was trying to be bad. I think it's just simply, we need to reassess and recalibrate how we serve as a church, how we serve as a world missions organizations and what we're doing. And you asked the question, kind of how do we get here? Yeah. And I think that if you look throughout history, you have this um, kind of this oscillation between proclamation and demonstration. Mm. And so there's times in, let's say, modern-day Christianity that, um, well, let's go, all, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, let's talk about the Galileans, right? And so Julian, uh, Julian the pagan, said, you hated Galileans not only 
do you love your own, but you love ours also, um, you welcome them into your agape. Wow. So the Roman Empire, you have Julian, this, uh, this oh, Julian the apostate, and he doesn't love God, he doesn't love Christianity, in fact, he hates Christianity. But throughout the course of his life, he saw the Galilean people serving the Roman Empire and helping the people and helping each other that on his deathbed, he actually told his wife, Galilea, you've won. Mm. You've welcomed them into your radical agape. And, and after his death, Christianity became the roaming and the reigning religion of, of Rome. And so there was a day and a point where we shared what we had, we gave to one another, we loved our neighbor as ourselves, right. And I think there's still Christian communities around that do that. Absolutely. And I think there's Christian communities around here, and I think there's churches around here that still do it. But for the, for the mean group, the, the largest average group of churches, I think generally speaking, we've got more into proclamation ministry. Mm. And so what I mean by that is if, if we go through the 80s, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of preaching and a lot of uh, telecast and buy my prayer cloth and my the oil and and um, you know a lot of services, a lot of sure. camps and a lot of storytelling, but you didn't see a lot of mobilization of people on the street. Oh. Um, in the 90s, we did see a little bit more of social justice movement, people waking up to causes and mm. to unique things, but I think that quickly waned and we went into a worship movement. Right, right. And so worship got really big. Vineyard Maranatha. Mm -hmm. it, it was, uh, you know, what worship songs do you do? And people come for worship. And then I think we got back into the service model a little bit. We had Live Strong, Susan G. Coleman. Uh, we had, uh, you know, End Human Trafficking, and things are really exciting. Right. And then we faded out of that, and we went back into, you know, mm. what's the new music? And so the church is always oscillated between demonstration and proclamation. Wow. But I think God's asking us to marry those two things together and say, look, let's worship hard. Let's, let's love the Lord hard. Mm -hmm. Let's fill up our spirits. But then let me activate you with the gifts of the Spirit that I gave to you. And let's go on to the highways and the byways. Wow. If, yeah. if there's any conviction that people are listening and just kind of feeling through this message mm -hmm. that, you're, that you're preaching, or even if it's even let alone like an organization, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I know you have a lot of experience in terms of just being able to um, help organizations on a, on a systemic level. Mm -hmm. Um, where do they start in terms of, okay, wow, it's like, wait, we've been actually living out that antidotal. Again, you're mm -hmm. saying not a bad thing in heart, but uh, in just terms of... Just a pivot, of, yeah. But yeah, like just a pivot, like how do, you, how do you go about just having this awakening in terms of, yeah, how do we, how do we kind of really um, uh, uh, just reach that heart of, of mm -hmm. what our ministry should be about? Yeah, I was with a great organization called Transforming the Bay with Christ in the, in the Bay Area. Uh, we served 256 cities in 11 counties. And the, the hope and our dream was to do exegesis of every city. To wow, truly understand, you know, what are the principalities and the powers? What is the historic things that have happened in the land? What people were, were persecuted and hurt or marginalized or gentrified? Um, what were the, the spiritual progress that's happened? Sure. You know, what, what were the things that pastors that had come and gone, and, and what were the sticking points? And then finally, what is the greatest need of your city? And so as we sit back as churches, and I think that not one church can do this on its own. Um, I'll, I'll pause and say this, that we believe that churches exist to reach cities. Right. And, and that's their calling, that's their mandate. Uh, Roger Valsey uh, from Cornerstone taught us that. He did it so well in this curriculum called the City Gene. Mm. 
And, and we just adopted that so deeply. The mm. churches exist to reach cities. And if they do, we're not thinking about the pastor. We're not thinking about the next 10 years, the next 15 years. We're thinking generationally, what is God doing in the city? Yeah. So when you think that way, you start to ask the question with your church and the churches in proximity of you, is what is the greatest need in the city? Um, how do we work with city government, nonprofits, businesses to address and find out and learn that problem? Right. And then how do we bring people together and catalyze that group of people mm. to think systemically about the part about the problem. And then how do we start breaking it down in like a systems cohort right, right. with this group and say, Hey, the church can do this. We can do that. Government can do this. How do we activate all cultural domains of Christendom, right? Christians in every space, news and media. How do we get them all together and say, how do we solve the problem as a body of Christ? Oh. Now it sounds very ethereal, mm. um, but some of the cool things, if you go to Livermore, California, shout out to Goodness Village. Uh, Goodness Village is running a full-on permanent supportive housing for homeless individuals out of a model we saw in Austin, Texas. Um, and they're doing that. And so the churches came together, city government came together, nonprofits came together, and now we have a full homeless village for people on a church campus. Wow. Um, United Hope Builders in, in Palo Alto, California, mm -hmm. They got together and they said, uh, how do we stop the gentrification and reverse generational poverty in our city? And so we started a housing manufacturing plant, four line housing manufacturing plant where we're putting people to work. They're getting homes, they're getting home ownership, and it's actually changing the tide of families. Wow. And uh, we could go on with examples, but I think mm. the most important thing is, is that no one ever said because of this Christmas tree, because of this bicycle, because of this turkey, I'm going to give my eternal soul to heaven. Right, 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 right. However, and just like Jesus said, when someone says, I had no shelter, but I have shelter. Yeah. When someone says, I didn't have a way to live. I didn't have a way to feed my kids. I didn't have a, a way to provide. I, I was on the streets. I would have been killed mm. on the streets. And the God, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords sure. came down and provided something that nobody else could provide for yeah. me. Man, our God is good. Your mm -hmm. God is good. And I, I want to serve him. Yeah, I remember doing a homeless ministry in Waikiki mm -hmm. years ago. Yep. And we would just go and just pretty much throw sandwiches, right? Mm -hmm. And then we were having a conversation with uh, one of the homeless people. Mm -hmm. and, the per and, the, and the person was sharing, you know, um, you guys waste so much. And I was mm -hmm. like, like, what is he talking about? We're giving away all these now. He's like, no, like, in terms of like my own needs of of being fed, mm -hmm. I'm more than well-fed because you guys throw away mm -hmm. so much good food. You have no idea how much good mm -hmm. food we just find in the rubbish. Right. And that's not even our need, being out here. Right. The, the perception is that all because we're on the streets that we're hungry, but we're actually not hungry. We're right. just trying to find connection right, right. to people. And like to me, that was just yeah. super convicting yeah. in terms of, yeah, just that misperception of what we thought we were doing versus... Mm -hmm what the actual yeah. need was. Major metropolitans have done studies of obese uh, people and homelessness. Yeah. Um, they have enough food. Mm. In fact, the government um, once told us in San Jose, stop feeding the homeless. Wow. We have programs for them. We have food for them. If you want to help the homeless, give the homeless homes. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about systemic, what do homeless need? Mm. They need psychiatric, emotional, spiritual, yeah. Real mental health care. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Uh, I love the Maslow's hierarchy. I think it helps us a lot. I think sometimes mm -hmm. as Christians, we do it upside down. And so if you look at the Maslow's hierarchy, 
safety and security is down here and spirituality is up here. And I think when we try to help people, we try to get them spiritually saved and transformed when really what they need is safety, security, mm -hmm. and shelter. Yeah. And so I think if we reverse it and trust that the God of the universe, that the Holy Spirit is doing a work mm -hmm. that nobody else can do, and we start letting people belong before we let them uh, believe sure. and before they ever behave, and we let people come into our communities and meet the felt need, mm. well, I think we'll start to see city transformation. Wow. Mike, I'm just shifting gears a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, it's uh, a new chapter mm -hmm. in uh, the Brack household. Um, it kind of took a very uh, unfortunate tragedy for mm -hmm. you guys to um, shift from being in California yeah. now to Hawaii. Um, yeah. Can you explain a little bit about yeah. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah. We were very happy to be in the Bay Area of California. We loved it. I grew up here in, in Hawaii. Um, thought I'd maybe come back to retire. Didn't know I'd come back to, to do ministry. And um, the Lord was putting on our hearts about two months before our home was tragically burned down in the California wildfires. Um, he was telling us it's time to move. And so I, I had told the ministry that I was with, you know, I'm, it's time to go. I don't know why, but God has something else. Um, what a lot of people don't know is the Lord had put on our hearts so strongly, I started selling our possessions. Mm. I had sold a, um, a motorhome and I sold a truck and I sold motorcycles and I sold the stuff that we had because God was saying, sell everything. Wow. Everything we sold wasn't covered by insurance mm. and, uh, or we went to get the value. I had a talk with the family and I said, hey guys, it's time to move. And every kid in the family and my wife said, okay, it's time to move. Our hearts were ready. And then in three minutes, we lost our home. Oh my gosh. Unexpected shift to win. Wow. Three fires combined. They called that a complex fire. And our home was taken and we lost oh everything. And during that time, um, had not the Lord prepared us at that level, I think it would have been a lot worse. Mm. It was still very hard. And so my wife said, hey, let's go to Hawaii. I said, this has got to be the worst time in the world. There's a, there's a pandemic. Right. We have uh, no money, no clothes, no possessions, no cars, no nothing. And you want to go to Hawaii. And she checked the rates and they're $75 a ticket. So I said, we're going to Hawaii. <laughs> you know? That's good hey, if we got to suffer, we might as well suffer there. <laughs> and it was uh, in Waikiki that I was just seeking the Lord. And the Lord said, it's time to come back to Hawaii. Mm. I want to do a radical move in Hawaii. I want to do city transformation. I love the people of the islands. And the, the ground is rich uh, with, with goodness and the people are rich with goodness and the island still cries out praise to me. Wow. And so we got so excited and then we thought, okay, we'll come here and just help and, and just serve people. And then the Lord put on our hearts a mm -hmm. ministry called Ho'ohui. And really just what that means in, in, uh, in English is that bringing together and unifying the group. Right. And uh, what we see is nonprofits, and churches from all over the island coming together and being aware of what each other are doing, mm. uh, partnering together when we can, uh, looking at cities with a, with a view of all of us, not just one of us, and, and really um, raising the tide of worship, young adult ministry and children's ministry and, and uh, teenage ministry, and just really seeing God transform cities wow. in every way. Wow, so I really see how God was able to use that really mm -hmm. unfortunate circumstance mm -hmm. to not only bring you back home, but kind of almost like uh, reinvigorate your passion for mm -hmm. your homeland and just really wanting to see community yeah. change. And I think it's just so awesome how just your influence uh, on on a um, 
I don't want to say like a higher level, but kind of like, you know, with, with more CEOs and other executives where you're able to uh, really key in on those relationships to be able to, again, no pun intended, but who these people together mm -hmm. to be able to right. um, instigate that transformation. Yeah, it's all just been the, the grace of God and, and um, he's just allowed us and, and given us the opportunity to do so many cool things. Yeah. Um, um, what advice would you have for maybe there's people that don't have that same kind mm -hmm. of influence, but maybe they have homes or maybe their uh, uh, employees and workplaces um, mm -hmm. have different types of influence. But if their heart is for city transformation, mm -hmm. social justice, things kind of beyond themselves. Right, like right. what steps would you recommend in terms of, hey, like what would be a right, way where right. they can get involved and just be a part of this movement? Yeah. I think, um, let's go way back to the Old Testament. And I think it's so important to know that when Jesus or when God rather wanted to live amongst the Israelites and he said, build a temple for me. Right. Um, you know, Moses gathered the people and he's very descript in saying, bring the... Uh, the beaver skin and bring the copper poles and bring the purple cloth. And, and he was asking for all these ingredients to be brought. Mm. And a lot of theologians will, will break that down and say, well, the, the purple was this and the, the brass meant this and the, this meant this. And, and I, I think it's all um, malarkey. I just, I don't, I don't believe any of it. You know, um, I think that the materials that Moses asked the people to bring were the materials that are characteristic of who they were. Wow. They were already copper makers. Mm -hmm. They were already doing purple cloth. They were already doing all these things that they asked for. Those things already existed. And so what they had, they brought. Wow, I love that. So I would say if, if the Lord wants to do something in you and, and you want to do something in the city, what is it that you're good at? Mm -hmm. um, if you're a real estate agent, if you're in marketing, if you're in graphic design, if you're in uh, whatever it is, say, Lord, use my gifts, callings, and abilities. Because God not only wants to infiltrate the business space, but he wants to infiltrate every single part of humanity. Wow. True transformation is when our, when our prisons are going down and the amount of people are in them. The bars are closing earlier. There's less domestic abuse. There's higher. Our kids are being educated mm. better, learning better. Right. People are getting along better. And that takes every part of society mm. functioning as the Holy Spirit would call it to function. Sure. Because his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And so uh, get with people, talk to them, you know, mm. network with them and say, what can we do for the kingdom? Yeah, no, I love how just your perspective on city transformation, it doesn't exclude anybody, right? No, just everybody. as long as you have a heart, um, you could use your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your skills, the way that mm -hmm. God has designed us mm -hmm. to be able to um, bring something just so valuable to the table. Um, we're down to our last two minutes, but um, I just wanted to give you the floor in terms of, yeah, if there's anything, maybe it's Ho'ohui or maybe there's other things that are going mm -hmm. on in terms of uh, projects or different things that you're a part of. But if you could just address the camera yeah. in front for just anything that you would love to just pitch. Yeah. I, I love what C4 Church is doing with Kapuna Ministry. Um, that's a ministry that's growing right now. If you live in East Honolulu or if even if you live in Kailua area, Get involved with serving our Kapuna population. We're having a silver tsunami right now, and seniors need to age <laughs> in place well. And so there's a great need for that. Uh, Metro Church down in uh, uh, Kalihi is doing amazing work and serving the, the kids in that area. Um, there's so many good ministries right mm. now and so many good churches around the island. Plug into one of them. Get a part of a community. 
get a part of a, a hui and meet people and say, what can I do, God, to serve my city? Yeah. And whatever it is, um, ho'ohui is for all of us to come together, whether it's with us here today, whether it's you and your pastor, whether it's you and your neighbor. Start to outreach and serve your community and let God show you how good he is and how good he'll be to the people of Hawaii. Yeah, if somebody just wants to get together with mm -hmm. you, Mike, and either shoot yeah. you email or get on your website yeah. out, what's the best way that they can get in contact with you yeah. just to talk to um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Mike Brock underscore, and uh, we'll hit, we'll, we'll talk to each other on there, and then we'll find a way to get together. Right on. Well, I'm just yeah. so thankful yeah, for thank you. just your time, your energy, just your heart. Um, um, just city transformation is, yeah, just that trumpet that you're blowing. I believe that, um, yeah, just as you continue speaking forth that message that, yeah, God is just going to uh, ignite the hearts of, yeah, all these different pockets of people getting excited, just really wanting to see yeah, just his spirit work throughout uh, just regions beyond. Awesome. And so thank you. This is Mike Brock. Again, I'll leave his uh, contact information, website, and so forth in the description box below. But yeah, just want to thank you again for your thank time. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. Uh, thank you guys. Inspiration. I would love to thank you for hanging out with us here on I Am Talk. Hit the subscribe button to stay in tune with our channel. Oh, and don't forget to tap that bell icon to get notifications on the latest episodes coming your way. We're always looking for the next guests to talk story with here on I Am Talk. So if you just shoot me an email at alex at I'll be sure to shoot a guest application your way. Well guys, it's all for now. Until our next episode of I Am Talk, this is Alex and I'm out. Peace.